Ivy Coaches presents. Hi, Ivy Coaches listeners. So this is the second episode of the interview between Coach Pedari and Bart Berkey, the author of Most People Don't and Why You Should. Join us on the right. You've had great success in what you've done to date uh, with organizations you've been with, with your own business, with your own um, movements. My question is, what is your biggest failure? And what did you learn from it? So really, we, I want to focus on what you learned. But I need to ask, what was that one failure that for you was the biggest? Or what did you get out of it? Yeah. Um, I would think one of my, and I've had, and I've certainly had failures, you know, many failures along the way. Um, I think, yeah, something that I actually, I, I still feel bad to for this, to this day. And it was a situation when I was, um, uh, I was a director of sales, uh, for Hyatt hotels and, uh, my one of my sales team members was a very good golfer, and the regional vice president of sales would like to come to town, and he'd like to go golfing with a member of my sales team. He at one point asked, "Don't tell anyone because I don't want the salespeople, other salespeople, to be jealous. I don't want your general manager to be mad." but I want to take your salesperson out to play golf. This is the middle of the day on a business work day. And uh, not that this is an overwhelming failure, but it was a failure in judgment. My general manager asked me point blank, where's the salesperson? And I did not tell her the truth. I said that he was you know, at a dentist appointment or he was on a sales call. And I did that to protect what, my big sales boss was telling me to do. But that was a very, very valuable lesson that I always need, you always need to be truthful. And, uh, and to this day, I felt that it affected my relationship with that general manager because I lied. She found out the truth that they were golfing. And just because I said, well, the big boss, you know, didn't want me to, to, you know, to tell you, uh, that really wasn't an excuse. Uh, you know, honesty certainly was the best policy. And while that did not affect my hotel career, it did make me feel bad. And that's a lesson that I still like to share today with everyone. So be honest. Another one that comes to mind, and again, it's not failure with, with jobs or responsibilities, but it's failure in certain decisions. The other one, and this is, I think you'll, you'll get a kick out of this one. I was uh, new to Ritz-Carlton. First time I was the director of sales and marketing. I was a member of the guidance team. So part of the leadership team. And I wanted to make sure that in luxury, this was my first luxury job, that I did everything right. I went out and bought a new suit and my used car was clean to the nines because I wanted, you know, and I used my father's uh, watch that he gave me. So I wanted to look luxury. I wanted to be luxury. And the general manager asked on my first day if I would like to have lunch with him. I said, certainly, I'm not going to pass that up. So we go down to the employee cafeteria. It's 1130. And one of the housekeepers, and they made a big, big noise, big celebration about, oh, Bart is the new director of sales and marketing of this hotel. So um, housekeeper uh, approaches me. It's 1130 in the morning. And they say, good afternoon, Mr. Berkey. 
And in my mind, I thought, well, it's 1130. So it's still before noon. So I really should be eating breakfast. But it's it's but it is still morning. So should I correct them and say good morning back? Or should I say hello? Or should I say good afternoon? Or should I say good evening? And I thought of all of these things to say. And probably the worst thing that I could say was nothing. And that's exactly what I did say. Here's a housekeeper trying to make a nice first impression, trying to welcome me. And I became so tongue-tied in trying to say the right thing and do the right thing that I totally was not myself. I could have said, hey. I could have said hello. I could have said what's up. I could have high-fived them. I could have done anything. But my very valuable lesson is, you know, be yourself. Most people don't. Be yourself. That's it. That was a very valuable lesson. And I don't even know, uh, you know, in luxury, I don't need to to be privy to all of luxury goods. But I can provide the greatest service that I know how. doesn't matter how much money I make, but as long as I have the right heart to provide good service, that was just a very valuable life lesson that kind of happened accidentally. I, I, I can totally agree with you on that. You know, obviously, the second example was a really, really uh, deep uh, thought behind it. You know, I think being yourself, not really trying to overthink and overdo things and perhaps you know, do it and get on, right? That's, that's the best example of, of life. Um, we talked about kindness. Uh, one of the last pages I'm going to go into the book today is appreciation. Say thank you as many times as it takes. And I think the, most, the two most powerful words in the world in any language, if there are two words in every language, in some, it's only one, um, it's thank you, right? Thank you. The most powerful two words in English, at least. What do you think? It's, you know, it's one of your chapters. What, you know, tell us. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, about, about appreciation. I, I found myself, and again, most people don't as a reminder to me every single day. I found myself when I would get very, very busy leading different teams, whether it's the most people don't team or another team, that I would begin early in the morning to send commands, to ask requests, tell people to do things. But I wouldn't always start off with a BTW, by the way, good morning. And finally, one of my team members wrote back when I just said, could you send this, 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 and do this for this customer? She wrote back, by the way, good morning. That was a very subtle way of saying, say good morning, show appreciation, say please and thank you, ask for things nicely. Don't just get into the midst of, of asking and asking and demanding and commanding and directing. Make sure that we are showing appreciation for each other. And I like this, when you think about saying thank you, if you are sending an email to someone, it's nine keystrokes, coach. It's nine keystrokes. That's it. And that means an awful lot. I think back to the days when I was a recruiter, and I would always look to see who would say thank you after a phone interview, after a face-to-face -face interview, if we were interviewing for a really great position, or even an entry-level position. Who would say thank you? And very interesting, I remember a very great resort location, director of sales and marketing, talked about 50 well-qualified well candidates. And then you just kind of wait to see about 20 of them I would probably be very, very interested in. And of that 20, you look to see who sends an email, 
maybe 10 out of that whole 50 groups send an email. After that, maybe five send um, a handwritten note. Maybe three have a follow-up phone call. And then maybe only one person will put together a job description and all the qualities that they have that fulfills and exceeds those requirements for a job description. They would put it, get it bound at a local office print shop and send it overnight to me. Those are the people that go above and beyond. So the appreciation aspect, I think, is really, really critical. It's easy to say thank you. It's easy to send an email, but go above and beyond. Do what most people are not doing. Send a handwritten note. Send a postcard. Uh, and you've you've seen this before from different sales trainings that, that we've done together, is that uh, we'll get local postcards from wherever the destination is. We will include the postage, and we will ask the participants Send a thank you postcard to someone back home. Maybe it's your boss. Maybe it's your family, your friends, your spouse, your partners, whatever the case is. Send something in the mail. Just show appreciation. It definitely goes a long way. It definitely does. And, I, and again, most powerful two words in English that need to be used much more than they are, they are today. And I can't agree more with you. And that's why this chapter specifically, specifically, it's it, it just it's such an important chapter. Uh, about gratitude and appreciation. Um, we're almost coming to the end of the podcast for this time, uh, and I got two more questions to ask you. One of them is, you've come such a long way and it's such a long way to go still, right? Uh, and, and give so much of yourself to the community and the world. But until today, yeah, in, the, in this journey, what are the best resources that you've had which helped you along the way? So from from where you remember to today, what were the resources that you say, you know, I was lucky or blessed to have, uh, and that's, you know, they, they helped me in that way. If somebody's listening to you and would like to, you know, have the same wonderful career, whether it is in hospitality, luxury, or public speaking and motivational, inspirational coaching. Yeah, I think, I think the best resources are, um, and, and there's another chapter in the book called Friends Longer Than Colleagues. I think the greatest resources have been friends, people that I have initially started working with that I remained friends with. There was a story recently that I put on social media, titles change, but names remain. People might have different jobs. They might go from one company to another company, often at no fault of their own, right, to, to go from one company to another company. But the resources of the people that have influenced your lives, that you've influenced their lives, I think are invaluable. And I know that's maybe not necessarily a direct answer because I'm not referencing any specific book or a, a, um, you know, a website or a company. But I think it's the resources of people that you have the ability to interact with. The more that you ask questions of other people, the more that you're intellectually curious about others. If you have an others-focused mindset, I think that that's the greatest resource. And I look at some people that were horrible bosses that I learned how not to be. And then I looked at other people who were amazing bosses that I would want to be like and I would want to emulate. A, a quick story, I worked with a gentleman, John, who uh, I won't mention his last name, but coach, you know who he is. And we used to work together at uh, a hotel in Washington, D.C. And I'll never forget 
snowstorm, an unexpected snowstorm. And this was probably in late March or April. And we all are let go early to avoid the bad roads to drive home. He is the only one that had an ice pick, like an ice scraper in his vehicle. No one else did. In fact, no one else even had jackets on. He helped every single person clear their car before he left to go home. Oh, wow. No one was looking. No one was watching. It's just the person that he was and the person that he is. And I share that story. And with people that I know, I share his last name. That just meant an awful lot to show the character and quality of who that person was. Unselfish. I think the more that we open up our mind to the resources of people, coach, I've learned so many things from you, uh, that, that those are the greatest resources. And yes, there's going to be you know a stack of books. And I know we're both big fan of books, but I think the greatest resources that we have are the people that, that have touched our lives, friends, families, colleagues, associates, that have influenced, taught us what to do, led the example of what to do, and then sometimes what not to do. Thank you so much for that acknowledgement. Uh, you're a great person and, uh, you know, this friendship means a lot to me and I'm sure that a lot of people out there would say the same about you. Um, if you could step into my shoes right now, what would you ask Bart that I didn't today? Yeah. Um, something, something happened to me October 18th of last year in which uh, I had a heart attack. And uh, my heart went to failure. Two of my aortas were 100% clogged. And I would ask, how has that influenced your life? How has that traumatic situation influenced your life? So I can answer that without you asking, because I'm asking myself. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, this this story was I was presenting to a group of uh, of of um, clients. This was last June, and I was going through a story of how I broke my nose when I was twelve years old, and the surgical experience was so horrible that I was basically awake for part of my surgery. That affected my life horribly. I became um, a, afraid of doctors. I suffered from panic attacks. I suffered depression as a result of going through all of that. Um, about five years ago, I had two discs in my neck that needed to be replaced. This would be the second surgery that I would be required to have ever since my nose surgery when I was 12 years old. So 40 years later, I'm faced with another surgery. And I had to decide, should I go through the surgery or should I not go through the surgery? I decided that most people don't face their fears. Most people don't face their challenges. So I would go through the surgery. And I actually did, uh, so how I did this pros and cons analysis. So if the benefit of doing was great enough or the consequences of not doing it were bad enough, what would I do? The benefits of doing it was that I could retain a healthy lifestyle. I could exercise. I could be active. I could be around for my family. The consequences of not having this surgery for the discs that were herniated in my neck was that I was one car accident away from being paralyzed. So I made the decision, I'm gonna have the surgery. And I just had to think if the why is important enough, 
the why to have the surgery, the why to face my fears was important enough. The how became easy. The why was clearly there. The how was all I had to do was get in the car, take a little pill to calm me down, have my wife drive me to the hospital. That's the how. And as a result, had a very successful surgery. Fast forward to October 18th last year. When I'm telling people of this story, they're just like, oh, you know, you were so brave to have this. And here I was 50 years, 40 years of not being able to breathe because since that nose surgery, when I was 12, I still had a deviated septum. I still could not breathe properly. And in my mind, something clicked again, that if I'm telling people, most people don't face their fears and challenges, I'm still afraid of having nose surgery. Yes, I had the disrepair to my neck. I'm doing fine, but I'm still afraid of having nose surgery. I thought, I better do it. I better take the advice that I'm sharing with others. Schedule my nose surgery, go, go in. Everything goes well uh, until the recovery. I'm going through recovery. They tell my wife, uh, you know, he's fine. You know, bring the car around. You can take him home. All of a sudden, I start having chest pains. And I remember them giving me a nitroglycerin tablet, putting it underneath my tongue, saying, Mr. Berkey, you're having a heart attack, but we're going to take good care of you. We're going to rush you to the hospital next door where they had surgery and uh, basically allowed me to be here today. And the reason why I share this is that I could have had this blood clot occur on an airplane. I could have had it when I was alone traveling in a hotel room. I could have had it when I was driving by myself. But because I faced my fears and had the surgery, I was in the right place at the right time. And that allowed me to be in the hands of the right people to still be here today. Most people don't save my life. And that's a story that I like to share with people. I face my fears, I face my challenges, and as a result, every single day, and it's you, it's funny, you, you will be able to see this, but um, my wife doesn't want me to get a tattoo quite yet, but on my arm, <laughs> yeah, I, I write heart in permanent marker That's... until it fades out. Then I will write heart again on my left arm because I don't want a day to pass where I don't think about almost not being here. And when you put that into perspective, the things that might bother us, coach, really aren't going to bother us. Because guess what? You and I are here today. The people that are listening are here today. Yes, things are not perfect. Things are unusual. But we're here today. Let's enjoy being here today. That's it. And that was a great question, but uh, I truly get inspired every time I read your posts. Um, and obviously the amount of time I've had pleasure and you know, honor of engaging with you and um, through all your, uh, you know, all your advices and guidances in the past months and years. Um, we won't get enough of this. This podcast will come back. We have other sessions with you that are planned. Um, but for the listeners today, you know, where can they you know, connect with you online or uh, where can they find you if you could kindly share with us? No, please. And yeah, and you know, what, what my team and I are dedicated to doing is to spread messages that matter. We want most people don't to become more of a movement. So individuals, the easiest way to remember, most people don't, all one word, no apostrophe.com, most people don't.com. 
um, a terrific website. There's updates with our new stories. There's updates on how to acquire the book. There's um, uh, uh, updates uh, if you want to sign up for the electronic newsletter. If you want to engage with us, my email information is there. I am the only Bart Berkey, B-E-R-K-E-Y in the entire world, which is very interesting. So remember, most people don't. That's probably the easiest way. And we're happy to connect in any way, shape or form. Uh, on a side note, besides the books, you know, what we really enjoy doing is speaking to organizations, uh, whether it's a corporation, association, consulting company, you name it, just sharing the message. We're getting very good, I think, at virtual presentations until we can go back again live, seeing people face to face. But I'm very grateful for our friendship, for letting us uh, have this avenue, this channel to be able to share some really positive ideas that will stay with people. Um I am sure everyone that's listening to this podcast will uh, truly take a lot of um, inspiration and also a lot of um, insights from, from your, from your uh, conversations. Uh, I'm very, very positive that we will come back and have discussions about your book and your successes uh, in the next uh, weeks and months to come. Um, I'd like to thank you, Bart, uh, for being uh, above all, you know, above all, uh, people refer to you as an inspirational leader. I want to thank you for being, above all, a friend, uh, a very dear friend and a close friend, um, a great uh, professional within the hospitality and the luxury uh, industry. Um, and thank you for joining us today, all the way from the U.S. That's great. So, listeners, here with me, Bart Berkey, and we will connect again. Have a great afternoon and morning, wherever you are. Thank you, Bart.